Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 8 and 88 right across Australia. And you're with Lyle and... Mon! Mon! Glad to have you on the show this morning on this bright and rainy here yeah, in Newcastle. Yeah, don't say bright and sunny because it ain't no, sunny. No, it's <laughs> dumping down outside, which is so awesomely wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday morning now, we have uh, our quiz, our quiz question. And nobody's called in about our quiz yet, so here comes a second clue, our second clue for the day coming up. Get ready to call in because this clue will give it away for sure, so you'll have to be quick if you want to score your prize. Who am I? After I had my brother killed... Two years passed before I could see the face of the king. Okay, so surely that one will give it away. All right, read the first question again, the first one, and then the second one. I told the people of Israel that if I was in charge and they came to me with a complaint, I would see that they got justice. And the second clue is, after I had my brother killed... Two years passed before I could see the face of the king. Okay, so here you've got a young man who wants to be king and is trying to persuade the whole of Israel that he will be the best king. And no, no, we don't know brother. he's young. Maybe it's an old man he okay, wants to well, be king. Somebody. Well, he's, he's, younger, he's younger than his father who is the king. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Oh, okay. Well, the face I'm, of the king right, doesn't say this king was his dad. This is an extra clue. I just gave you an extra <laughs> You're clue. You're giving us lots of extra clues. Yeah, okay, all right. It's a young man. That's because I guessed who it was. I guessed who it was. <laughs> all right, give us a call, guys. Open line number is 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 or just shoot us a message on Facebook for your chance to win a prize. I believe it's a Melissa Otto album Ooh. coming your way. All right, so we've got our Encounter with God section at this particular time. What are we talking about today, Mon? Today we are talking about Paul slash Saul or Saul slash Paul. Okay, I think it is Saul's. I'm going with Saul slash Paul. Because you were Saul first and then he became yes, Paul. Yes, mm, okay. Yeah, but we're right. talking about the Gentiles. I'm a happy little Gentile. Are you okay. a Gentile no, I'm too? I'm a Gentile, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. This Bible study is for us then. Yeah, I don't know. We probably you've probably got some Jewish blood there somewhere. Some somewhere, de- a speck of Jewish DNA. Maybe in my German heritage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah do you know what? I do you know? I actually have no idea. A couple of years ago, my family had a big get together, and we tried to figure out our family history past my great grandma, and we got nowhere. Oh, but no, you couldn't nowhere. get past your great grandmother. Seriously, nowhere. Like, yeah, we had a whole day like conference, all sitting around trying to figure out ourselves and we got nowhere is that because everything got flattened during the second world war and there was no records yeah, i imagine it would be i imagine right. you know when i was a kid i actually suspected that maybe i was like related to hitler and so it was all a big secret and now that i'm grown i realize that was ridiculous but that's yeah, how that's I- possible it's <laughs> possible <laughs> no it's not possible my yeah, dad is, is too lovely to be related to that heinous <laughs> man okay <laughs> if you knew my dad you knew we were not related uh, to hitler at all <laughs> yeah yeah okay all right okay so where are we up to we're reading from acts chapter six and we're particularly looking at the gospel we're going to the Gentiles and the main uh, New Testament hero who uh, takes the gospel to the Gentiles is, of course, the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, anyway, a bit of background to this story. We're going to ch- start in Acts chapter 6. What have you got for us there? I'm going to read Acts chapter 6, verse 8 to 15. Mm-hmm. And this is about Stephen. Oh, I thought we were talking about Paul. Well, we're going to have a little little, little side note about Stephen. Yeah, because see, mm-hmm. Stephen starts the mm-hmm. story of Paul. Oh, that's a little tipping point. That's right. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day, some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Sicilia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. 
So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders and the teachers of religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying witness said, This man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. At this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. Wow. Wow. This is an incredible story. And even though it's a very, very tragic story because Stephen loses his life um, not very long after this, Mm -hmm. it is a remarkable story because it really introduces us the transfer, well, the the beginning, I guess, not the transfer, but the beginning of the uh, Christian church as a whole being rather than just the Jewish church. You have the Jewish church. Church, now you've got the Christian church, the Israelite church, and then the Jewish church, and then the Christian church. And um, yeah, this really marks the beginning of that event where the, the gospel starts to go to the Gentiles, which is why you and I are sitting here today and why you're listening on the radio this morning is because of the events that took place here on this particular day. Okay, so there seems to be a couple of different things that they're charging Stephen of. What what what, what do we have there that they're charging him with doing, speaking against the... Mm, so mainly it seems to be blasphemous against Moses and even God. So And there were lies, you know, this happens often in our um, justice system, but this was happening way back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were saying that he was speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. Wait, 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 wait. You said they were lies. Yeah, they had lying witnesses. It says right here they persuaded some men to lie about Okay, Stephen. that's an interesting thought. But wasn't Stephen actually, weren't, wasn't, wasn't some of those accusations have an element of truth to them? Because, I mean, after all, if Stephen is a Christian, he will be saying mm-hmm. that the sacrifices have come to an end. Because yeah. Jesus is the great sacrifice. That's true. So he's speaking against the temple. So I guess what they're saying, he, what he and said was particularly as a true. follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. I'm going to defend the Pharisees here for a moment. <laughs> okay, fine. But so, you- so you, everybody's heresy alert is going off <laughs> right now. Okay, but think about this for a second. So Jesus said that the temple would be destroyed uh-huh. after his death. In Matthew 24, you can read about that. And Stephen could have been repeating that. Mm-hmm. Or Jesus could have talked about where Jesus said, I will destroy this temple in three days, raise it up again. He could have been speaking about that. And if they'd taken a real twist to that, then they could have said that he was speaking against the temple. Okay, but maybe they're not saying that that he that he didn't say those things. Maybe they're saying he did say those things, but those things in particular are lies in their mind. Hmm. Yeah. So they're not saying that he never that so, he but said that. I think the long and the short of it is there's an element of truth and there's an opportunity to twist the truth. And those are the worst kind of lies. The lies that are like a little bit of truth, you know, a whole lot of truth maybe, and then a little drop of lie because they sound so believable. Yeah, because I'm thinking if you put if you put material like that into the hands of a skilled lawyer today, mm-hmm. they would definitely make you sound like you were against Moses and against the temple. Yeah. Whereas Stephen was very, very much in favour of Moses and in favour of the temple because both the writings of Moses and the services of the temple were all about Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but a skilled lawyer today, and, and, and let's not underestimate the skill of the lawyers they had in those days. Uh, the Jewish lawyers were some of the most skillful lawyers in the world back then. Okay. So... These are these accusations have been brought against Stephen. All right, Mon, what what sh- summarize for us a little bit more of this story of Stephen? What goes on from here? They 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 look at Stephen, and what do they see there? They see his face shining like an angel. 
That would have to catch your attention, wouldn't it? It definitely wasn't makeup. I don't know any makeup. It's definitely not Maybelline. Nothing would make your face shine like that. No. To shine like an angel. I can't. I can barely even comprehend what that even means. Like I've, I've never seen an angel. It just must be so bright. And yes. for them to see his face and immediately recognize it as being angelic is quite, it's quite extraordinary, really. Yeah, maybe you've seen an angel. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843. We would love, love to hear your story. I'd love to hear an angel story. Yeah, or sh- shoot us a, a text message, 0491-064-669. Or just, Tell uh, us about the brightness. Let us know on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I think most angels don't turn up bright. Most just come as a – they hide their brightness. Mm-hmm. But occasionally you do have stories in the Bible where they are incredibly bright. Yeah, the, yeah. with the, uh, the shepherds. Yes, yeah. the shepherds is a great example of that where they're just like, you know what? They were we're sick, of, and they were we're sick of hiding in the background. We're sick of holding back. This is the birth of Jesus Christ, and we are totally going to let loose at this particular time. Nothing is going to stop us in our celebration. You know, this is one of the greatest or the greatest event the world had seen to that particular point. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so they're looking across at Stephen. His face is as bright as an angel. What do you think went through their heads at that particular point? I mean, if you were sitting there, what would you be thinking? I I think I'd actually get pretty scared. Like if I was sitting here right now and your face just started glowing, I'd probably want to get out of the studio first of all just in case it was contagious. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to have a glowing face? Yeah, yeah, no. Do you remember that time we were working together in Sydney and I had a allergic reaction and my face started blowing up and went really red and stretched and you freaked out mm -hmm. i think if if your face started glowing i would freak out actually okay i thought most um young ladies would like their face to glow (laughs) not that much not that much (laughs) like a healthy glow but a healthy glow okay this was much more than a healthy glow and it caught their attention and this was god speaking to the sanhedrin This was God speaking to the Jewish leaders in a very, very visible and supernatural way and revealing himself through Stephen and trying to catch their attention to say, wait, 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 wait a minute, guys. Um, You need to stop and think about what you're actually doing here. But what fascinates me about this whole story is that when emotion becomes involved, reason goes out the window. Mm. You know, reason would tell you at this particular point, something supernatural is taking place. Mm -hmm. I need to stop and reassess what's happening here. Mm But there was so much emotion in this room that reason was gone. All right, so what continues on as we move on with our story? Um, so we move on to Stephen's reply. Mm-hmm. Actually, do you know what? Stephen's, Stephen's life is an amazing testimony how when you give your life to God, how he will use you. You know, how he will make your face to glow even like an angel. Just Stephen's, he was like the catalyst for this incident. And the way that the Lord used him both when he was alive and even in his death is is just a beautiful testimony to what the Lord can do through us when we hand our life over to him. Okay, so here's some homework for you all over breakfast this morning. Read the story of Acts chapter 7. It is an amazing story. Read the sermon that Stephen preached right here because one of the greatest sermons that you'll find anywhere in the Bible and it's just, it's just amazing. But this particular sermon has a pivotal point in it. And we're going to go down a few verses in chapter 7. And uh, we'll start. Well, let's pick up the uh, let's pick up the story in verse forty-four, where it says, "Our fathers had the tabernacle in the wilderness. That's the temple that Moses built. As he had appointed, speaking unto Moses that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen, which our fathers that came after brought with Jesus into brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers under the days of David." 
And it continues on here. Verse 47, but Solomon built him a house. But he goes on in verse 48. He says, however, the Most High, God, does not live in temples made with hands, as the prophet says. Mm. And then he quotes, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Hasn't my hand made all these things? And so in this particular passage right here, you know, he quotes from Isaiah chapter 66, which was, you know, the Bible that the Sanhedrin was using, and points out the fact that you can't build a house on this earth that God is going to live in. Simply not going to happen because God doesn't need a building. He doesn't need a roof over his head. He's not worried about the rain that he's dumping it down outside of our studio right now. Mm. As if we could even build a house big enough to house God. Yes, that's an impossibility. Even if we built a house over the entire surface of the earth, it still wouldn't fit a God. And I think one of the things that the Sanhedrin was probably super sensitive about at this particular time was that in the most holy place of their temple, there was no Ark of the Covenant. Wow. Okay. And, 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 and accordingly, there was no Shekinah glory. There was no visible presence of God as there had been in the past. Mm-hmm. And so with, you know, you can see that, you know, they're, they're sensitive about this and probably there are many Gentiles who sort of, you know, they ask the question, you know, whereabouts is your God? Isn't he supposed to be in your temple right there? And well, actually, there's nothing in there. The temple's empty. You know, we go and worship at a temple, and you know, you can you could see some of the Romans like, yeah, we go to worship our temple, and our God is right there inside of our temple. You go to yours, and it's actually um, empty. I can only imagine um, this would have absolutely infuriated them. And and so then Stephen brings up this point: is like God doesn't live in a temple. You know, God doesn't need a roof over his head. Uh, and of course, he is pointing to the fact that the temple is there. To reveal Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. Every, as as we've been studying with uh, um, Christopher, and you've missed part of it um, last week, we've been talking about the temple and its services, and how every different part of it reveals something about Jesus Christ. And you know, this is what Stephen is highlighting here. But at this particular point, this is the this is the turning point, because the moment that he says this, he looks at the at the at the Sanhedrin right there. And he recognizes that the statement that he has just made in their minds has hit a raw nerve and they are so infuriated by it that they're going to um, they're going to toss him out. They're going to they're, they're going to kill him. Because I really thought they had the monopoly on God, didn't they? You know, yeah. because they had the temple and they just thought, you know, it was kind of something they owned and that made them extra special and made them like a first class citizen and everyone else was second class citizen. This was this was a, um, a an attitude that did prevail um, at this particular time. Notice what it says. Read for us verse fifty one, because it goes on. You know, he's, he's giving all kinds of history. He's giving a great sermon. He's talking about God and how great God is, and, and God is way, way, way too great to live in a temple. And then in verse fifty one, completely change the subject. You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. That's a big change from the last sentence, isn't it? Yeah, it's gotten a bit serious now, hasn't it? Yeah, it's like this just, this just became real. And Stephen recognises, okay, nothing is getting through to these people. I have moments left mm-hmm. to be able to communicate the gospel. What do I do? And so he pulls out all stops and... 
you, you you find that this is something that God does on occasions, where it's like okay, last resort is the um, smack around the face. Yeah, you know, God likes to 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 draw us with His love, but sometimes God's love just goes whack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe you've had an experience like that. I know. Oh, I've, absolutely. Yeah, I think we've all had experiences at different times where God's just gone slap around the face. Wake up! What are you thinking? What are you doing? And as a, uh, a, a, a as as a result of that, we we do wake up, and you know you can read some pretty strong passages in the Bible, Revelation fourteen, for instance, where God is saying some really really strong stuff. You know, I really feel like it's a kind of like the human nature. We we always have to learn things the hard way, don't we? Yes, there's an yeah. easy way and a hard, hard way. way. Yeah. <laughs> the more stubborn we go along, the harder things are going to get for us. Yep. So we've got this um, th- this point here, and and you know he recognises it. He's like, okay, this is my last opportunity, and so he hits them hard. He's like, you guys need to wake up, and you need to get a hold of yourselves. And he said he has a few more things he has to say, but then the Bible goes on, and let's go down uh, verse fifty four. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation, and they shook their fists at him in rage. Yes, and gnashed their teeth. The Bible says, but he being full of the Holy Spirit looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, behold, I see heaven opened and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. They cried with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran unto him with one accord and threw him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And so here we are interested, we are introduced to Saul slash Paul. He sounds like he might be uh, a baddie, actually, Lyle. Yeah, well, he's certainly here. He is a young man. He is learning. He's in training. And when you look at who the people are who are training him, you can sort of see that, um, yeah, he may not be getting the best training that one could Yeah, imagine. I mean, they just basically were like, oh, here, we'll put this at your Help feet. Help us out. We, we, yeah. we, need to, we need to strip off here for a bit because we're going to be working hard and uh, so, persecuting. <laughs> yeah, we're going to kill this guy. So you can look after our clothes while we do so. All right, we're going to be back in a moment with uh, we've got Knowing Melissa. Knowing my heart's cry for freedom, longing to flood your love into the pain of emptiness, to open my eyes to unquenchable love that gave. Everything for my freedom Even my Saviour's blood He is wonderful No Trying to cover myself in vain You came to me with your own white garment You came to me by your sacrifice He is wonderful No one is like Him His love unfathomable 
have given up on me by now But you were right here You stayed right here Your love goes deeper than I ever knew From the dark depths of despair Love lifted me to Faith FM Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon and that was Melissa Otto with He Is Wonderful. And we are going to quickly jump back to our quiz, Lyle. We've got a third, we've got a third got clue a third coming third up. Clue. In, just in case I didn't give enough clue, clues yeah, away already. Yeah, this one's a bit scandalous actually. Okay. You right. ready? Yes, it is a scandalous Who story. am I? Mm-hmm. I slept with my father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Yeah. He sounds kind of disgusting. Yeah. I don't think I like this guy no, at all. Definitely sleeves. not the kind of guy I'm taking home to my parents, that's for sure. Total sleep. So he right murdered there. his brother. He, I mean, he did, he did try and do a little leadership and he was like, hey, if you have any complaints in Israel, just come to me. I'll get you justice. Although that could be kind of underhanded in a way. It's very underhanded, yeah. He's it's undermining like, it's, the it's king. It's implying that his, his father is a useless king. Okay, so so far we have a baddie, guys, unless mm-hmm. he has a turnaround. But we're not sure where his story's going. All right, so just run us through the uh, the, the clues there from the top again. Okay, quickly. I told the people of Israel that if I got in charge, if the, that I was in charge, and they could come to me with a complaint, and I would see that they got justice. And after I had my brother killed, two years passed before I could see the face of the king, which Lyle gave away was his dad. Mm-hmm. And then he slept with my father, slept with his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Yeah, that's just gross. But anyway, be there's mate. If you know the answer to our question, give us a call 1-800-324-843 or text us on, what's our texting number? 0491 Yes. Or shoot us a message on Facebook. And we were talking about angels a minute ago. So if you've got an angel story, then please give us a call. We would love to hear that story. And Or if you've got anything else you'd like to say, we're talking about the book of Acts. We're talking about the gospel going to the Gentiles. Uh, maybe somebody out there has a Jewish perspective on this. Somebody's because we're all Gentiles here this morning, I think. 
I'm pretty sure any Jews here? Any Jews? No, uh, no one's lifting nope. up their hand. No, nope. not that I can see. Happy little Gentiles, all yep. we are. And uh, so maybe you've got a different perspective on the story. We'd love to hear your story, your perspective. Or question of the day. We've got question of the day coming up. Ooh. Yes, send us in your Bible question of the day and we will see if we can find an answer for it. Wonderful. So that is coming up all later in the show. However, at this particular time, we are reading... From Acts chapter 8. We're up to Acts chapter 8. What have you got for us there, Mon? So just been through the uh, Acts chapter 7, which is the story, just a quickly recap of Stephen and how Stephen does a bit of a slap in the face, um, inspired by God to mm-hmm. the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just been stoned because they got really emotional and angry. And uh, and they've laid down their coats at the feet of Saul slash Paul, which is the introduction to our new character who we're going to be studying out. Yes, Absolutely. All right, so chapter 8, that was, our, that was our background. What have you got for us in the first uh, five verses? Okay, this is actually quite – I actually quite like this story because it really shows how God can use a bad thing and make it good. So it talks about how this persecution actually scattered the believers and mm-hmm. sort of just exploded the Christian church. So Yeah, not only does this story show how God turns defeat into victory for his church mm. – but also for an individual. Absolutely. So God takes a bad man and makes him good. God takes a bad situation and makes it good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Okay. All right. Read for us. Okay. Saul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Amazing story we've got right here. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment because almost like as if, you know, the stoning of Stephen was the catalyst that just opened the floodgates. Mm -hmm. You know, there'd been all of this pent up emotion because this new religion had arrived and it was threatening what what already existed and people don't like to be threatened by something new. And so you've got this new religion that has arrived and um, there's tension, everybody wants to destroy it and they're like, well, can we get away with this or can we not get away with this? You know, it's murder. Will the Romans let us do it? Will they not let us do it? Because the Romans controlled, obviously, the death penalty. They stoned Stephen to death. And it's boom, like, they're on a world stage now. We, 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 we got away with that. Mm-hmm. Let's, just, let's just go hard while we can and that's exactly what they do. They go hard. And Saul slash Paul, is the leader of this movement. He is the one who is the driving force behind it. So he's a spectator Mm -hmm. at the stoning of Stephen, but not anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the message, sorry, the the people, the Christians are scattered everywhere. God's church up until this point has been concentrated in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Now where does it go? Now it goes everywhere, but it starts (laughs) off in Samaria. Okay, and what kind of, what nationality were Samaritans? Were they not just Samaritan, Lyle? Yeah, they were Samaritans. <laughs> Samaritans from Samaria. Yeah, absolutely. You can go to Do Israel you know, today and there are still Samaritans. When there. you said concentrate. Did you know that? I didn't. Yeah. I learned something new every day. Yep. And they still follow the Samaritan religion. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they good? They're good Samaritans? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I think I think they're like um, humans. Some of them are good and some of them are bad. You know, fair enough. <laughs> you have that in every church and every religion. Oh, you have it's some so good true. Ones and the some whole spectrum. Ones. So I like to think that we have our believers like a bit of concentrated juice in the bottom of a glass, and we've suddenly poured a whole bunch of water in it, and boom, the whole glass is filled up, and the juice has gone everywhere. And so now our juicy apostles are just spreading the good news everywhere. That is a, an amazing analogy that you've brought up there, Mon. And uh, so God has turned this, this, this bad situation into a good situation. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that the gospel goes to the Gentiles in the book of Acts. This is where it begins. And it begins with Saul. Saul, who be- Saul slash Paul, mm-hmm. is the person who initiates the gospel going to the Gentiles, even though that is not his intention. Yeah. Do you know what? I kind of feel a little bit sorry for Saul because, you know, he is kind of pegged as a baddie at the beginning. Oh, terrible. He's one of the worst of the worst. I know. But do you know what? He was doing it because he believed he was doing the right thing. He was so, you know, he thought he was working out God's plan for Israel and these Christians, they were messing up. So he thought, you know what? I'm going to stamp that out so that God's plan can keep going forward. And I think this is a a good... um, almost like a warning to people who, you know, who think they're doing the Lord's work. We really need to go back to our Bibles and study and study and study to make sure that we really are doing what God wants us to do. Sure, sure. So there's a lesson here mm. that, um, you know, God can truly use the, wor- the worst of the worst, but sincerity mm. does not mean something is right. That's, yeah, exactly. You know, you can be sincerely wrong, sincerely deceived, uh-huh. and sincerely doing terrible things. Yeah. And I think this is something that's probably happened many times down through history. Uh, but if somebody is sincere, then they have a heart that God can reach. And I think that's exactly the case with Saul. He was sincere and he had a reachable heart. And we need to focus on this ourselves because mm-hmm. how often have we been wrong? How often, how often have you been wrong? I feel Maybe like this every is... day. Yeah. <laughs> every day. Even on this show this morning, I've been wrong about something for sure. Maybe. And maybe you know what it is and you can call in and, uh, yeah. and, and correct, <laughs> correct, correct Mon on what I'll she was wrong on. Bring it on. Bring yeah. it on. I love a bit of correction. Okay. Even if it's live on the radio. There you go. <laughs> um, so if you, we need to be always willing to accept when we are wrong to be able to apologize and to correct our mistakes and sometimes as paul did go the completely opposite different direction from where we have been going in the past okay so we've got some great lessons to learn here we're going to continue on with the life of paul as we go through our encounter with god but at this particular time we're going to listen to sandra enderman let the lower lights be burning
isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments, the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome back to Faith FM. You're with Neil Thompson. And today on Love Matters, we're addressing a reasonably important question. And here's the question. How okay am I with my partner's closeness to others? And when might I think of it as an emotional affair? Really good question. You know what? I think this in that. Um, in terms of relationships with others, when... When should I get concerned? When should I um, get worried about what's taking place? Well, here's the thing. I think inside of us, inside of everyone mostly, there's a what I would call a little, um, a little alarm system. Call it your gut instinct, if you like. And I think what you need to do is you need to trust that gut instinct. Now, what you do with that gut instinct is something different. You know, so if your gut instinct is firing off and you're like getting worried, is it just jealousy? 
Well, maybe it is, and maybe you need to own the fact that you're being jealous. But at the same time, maybe there's an issue there that maybe your partner is setting out to make you feel jealous, or maybe your partner is not wanting to be in a committed relationship. So your feeling of jealousy is is legitimate and is real. So what's the right thing to do in that space? Um, I don't know if there's any one right thing to do. What I would say is trust your gut and then um, comes the next difficult thing and that is time and I'd say it's not when you're not when you're right there in the moment, but find a time where you can actually say, hey, you know what, we need to have a talk because yesterday or last night or a couple of days ago, I felt jealous because of this and this and this. And you will know if in the in this in that conversation you will know whether your partner is sorry because by what they do next. If they're sorry, they go, "Oh wow, I'm so sorry. I never meant that." If um, if there's something else going on, they will blame you. They will somehow rather deflect it, and it'll be all your fault, and it's your problem. And they are, you know, I can have friendships with whoever I want, and you're just getting bent out of shape because you have feelings of jealousy, rah, 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 rah. At that point, you know that there's something wrong in your relationship because if they care for the quality of your relationship and you express that to them in a loving, caring way without, and by that I mean, so there's no stress, it's just as calm as me sitting here talking to you saying, hey, I'm feeling a little bit distressed by what happened a couple of days ago. Um, I was feeling jealous. Should I be worried? What they say next is going to be really clear to you whether you should or shouldn't be worried. And you need to have a plan of what am I going to do if I should be worried? Because if if they blame you, then I think you've got every right to be worried because they're not ready for a committed relationship. Or if you're married and they blame you, then I think there's something more fundamental going on here because their first responsibility should be if they're in a committed relationship with you should be to care for you if that's not happening then it seems that your relationship is fluid it doesn't appear that it's committed and something needs to take place well this is an important thing that we're discussing here today on love matters we'll continue this conversation tomorrow but stick around we've got so much more coming up here on faith fm Never ceasing Call for songs 
Scott and the Scott family with Come Thou Found and our phone lines have been running hot during the break with answers to the quiz question. We must have given a few too many clues away That's there, That's your Mom. fault, Lyle. Yes. Okay, so we've got uh, Regina from Jeefston in Tasmania has called in. Uh, Regina, are you there? Yes, I am here. How are you, Lyle? Yes, good, thank you. What's your answer to the question? Well, it's actually my husband's answer. Oh, so you've been, you've been doing some cheating then? <laughs> Sorry? You've been cheating? <laughs> Relying on your brain no, trust. No, that's allowed. that's allowed on this station. It's all good. It's all good. What's, what's, what answer would you like to give this morning? Absalom. Absalom is the correct answer. Congratulations. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show this morning. And we will have a prize coming your way. Don't go anywhere. And uh, Rochelle will get your details. Okay. Thank you. Fantastic. All right. Well, we're back to... Uh, We've come to our question and answer time, and we have a question that has come in from a listener, and our question for today is, how can I have a better relationship with God? This is a very broad question, I think, Mon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just, that uh, is wondering, very broad. What, what, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to have a better relationship with God? Well, the first thing that pops into my mind is, you know, think about your human relationships. How is it that you deepen your human relationships? And to me, the, the obvious thing is you spend time with them. Mm-hmm. You know, you cultivate that. Relationships don't just happen. They're not weeds. They're more like beautiful flowers, and you really have to work at them. And so when you want to deepen your relationship with God, you need to spend time with Him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then how we spend time with God, God, how do you think it is? Well, you spend time with God in prayer. You spend time in God with uh, Bible study. Probably two Absolutely. of the first ways that mm-hmm. immediately come to my mind because that way your communication goes both ways. Because the Bible tells us all about God's character. And if we want to get to know Him, mm-hmm. we want to get to know His character, we need to go to our Bibles mm-hmm. and read up more about Him there. That's, what, that's to me... That's what it all comes down to often is, you know, are we spending enough time in our Bibles? Are we really learning about the the character of God? Are we falling in love with that? You know, really what we want to do is fall in love with God and you can't fall in love with something you don't know. Mm -hmm. So you need to know him through scripture. And um, with, you know, obviously God speaks to us through the Bible, but then we speak to God as well. 
Because and communication needs to be both ways, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. It's a two-way street. You ever met one of those people where communication only ever goes one way? Yeah, one of those people who like talk without breathing and yes. you can never get a word in. Yeah. <laughs> Underwater with a mouthful of marbles. <laughs> yeah, those people, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, relationship with God is not like that at all. It's a two-way street. And um, and yeah, and do you know what? To spend time in, in the Word, you, you need to carve that time out every day. You have to, in a practical sense, you need to prioritize it. You need to make the decision. I want to know more. I want to... I want to deepen that relationship. I need to spend the time every day. Yes, that's what comes down. Okay, to. so so we've got two ways that uh, that that here we communicate with God, or God communicates with us. How are some of the other ways that God communicates with us, other than through obviously the Bible? Oh, there's so many ways. But first one that popped into my mind was nature. Mm-hmm. God okay. speaks to us through His creation. Yes, and you spent some time in God's creation on uh, Saturday. Almost a little too much. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you river. What did you learn about God as a result of uh, <laughs> your adventure on the river on uh, Saturday afternoon? I actually, do you know what? I um, we got stuck for a while in a prickle patch on a bunch you of cat heads. Tried and to so, take a shortcut. Yeah, tried I'm to sure take a shortcut. Ended up being a long cut, and then <laughs> my feet got really swollen. But I kept thinking about how thorns really are the effects of sin. Yes. And how God never intended for that to, to exist or to happen. And I just was really looking forward to you know, the second coming when the earth is made new without prickles, without thorns, without cat heads, without swollen feet or getting lost in rivers. So that's, that's what I really took home from that little adventure slash ordeal in nature on Saturday afternoon. That's fantastic. We're going to listen to Grego Pillay, The Call. This world will soon become all 
that was Grego Pillay, The Call, here on Faith FM. We have come to that part of the show where we get to give something away, Mon. And Ooh, what are we, what, what are we giving away today? We are giving away a fabulous book. It's called Noah. Another I love story. the story of Noah, one of my favourite mm-hmm. stories in the Bible. You know why mm-hmm. I love the story of Noah? We were talking about um, missing links earlier on. Oh, yeah. And it's the story of the flood that Ooh, gives us yeah. the explanation as to why there are all of you know all kinds of dead things buried in the mud. Mm-hmm. And in the dirt and mm-hmm. in the rocks. And all over the place. And, and all the over mountains. the place. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. And it's causes the story of the flood that, uh, you know, brings us to that famous passage in in Second uh, Peter chapter 3 where it says that, you know, the big argument that will be used against the existence of God at the end of time will be the argument of uniformity, that all things continue as they were from the beginning. And, of course, our dating systems that are used today are based on that principle right there. So great, great story. I love this story. Anyway, I'm sidetracked. I'm, what, what's, our, what's this story all about? This is just – it's called Noah, Another Storm is Coming. I'm not sure – it's about archaeology. Oh, um, but it that's is, cool. Yeah, it is about questions you know people have about uh, truth and about about oh actually about the event as a myth and proof that God is more than a tyrant. So yeah, it sounds like a really great book. I have personally never read it, but I might actually keep it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I won't. No, this one's our free giveaway here at the end of the show. So if you would like to receive our free giveaway for today, then you're going to be have to be quick. You'll have to be our first caller through on one eight hundred three two four eight. Four three, which is also one eight hundred Faith FM. Just in case you missed it, um, or you can give us a text on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Now, do we have a caller coming through? We do. I'm getting the nods up. Do we have Vani on the line? Vani, can you hear us? My name is my name's Sharissa. Oh, Sharissa, Sharissa, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. I was just listening to you guys talking about angel stories. Yes, fantastic. Have you got an angel story yourself? uh, Yes, I do. Uh, Actually, we got a letter in where we work here at a Bible school from a prisoner who said he was in his cell one night and his cellmate was really angry and he threatened basically to kill him while he was asleep that night. So he prayed, and while he was, um, after he prayed, he went to sleep, and in the middle of the night, I'm just reading his letter here, he woke up, and it was still dark, and there was someone sitting on the bench in his cell, and it was a man, he was tall, he was wearing a light uh, brown, long, um, well, he was wearing a shirt, and he said that he had his eyes closed, and he had a beard, and so as he kept looking at this guy, he opened his eyes, and they were bright blue, and he shone, he said his eyes shone. And he said, a smile came across his face, and this is what he said to him. He said, sleep, my child. I am here, and no harm will come to you. Now sleep, for I am with you always. And so the prisoner that wrote to us, he rolled over, and when, I don't know how he could sleep after that, actually, but anyway, he rolled over, and when the sun came up the next morning, he felt um, impressed. There was a voice in his head telling him to get up and get out, because they let all the prisoners go in the morning, and they opened all the cells, and so he got up, and he got out of the cell first, and shortly after he walked out, his cellmate lunged forward, uh, must have been hiding, waiting to kill him. <laughs> He'd made a, a fake knife. Oh. So he believes that um, God protected him and from being stabbed that day, and he thinks it must have been. That's a fantastic story, Sharissa. Thank you so much for calling in with that. That was um, that's that's truly amazing, and uh, yeah, wow! It's always good it's to a hear that. Heartening story. Even yeah. in prisons, the Lord will look after you. Absolutely. Amen. Now, um, of course, we need to. Um, oh, we were we were we were just in the process of giving away a book, and of course, talking about angels. And uh, here we've got uh, Noah, and of course, Noah was definitely protected by the angels. There's no mm-hmm. way that. 
No other way he could have ever survived this particular event. And maybe if you've got an angel story, what are you going to have to keep it full tomorrow? Oh, Give us a call, call on the breakfast show tomorrow. Angel yeah, stories. we love to hear angel stories. And uh, the thing that I love about that story we just heard is that you've got a story about um, an event where you've got an, a guardian angel. You know, the Bible mm. talks about each one of us has an angel that is assigned to us. Mm-hmm. And right there you have the story of an angel that was um, particularly assigned to uh, an inmate. that, that yeah. particular individual. Mm. Anyway, getting back to our free giveaway. If you'd like to have the free giveaway, give us a call, 1-800-324-843-0491-064-669 if you want to send us a text message or shoot us a message on Facebook and we will be able to get that out to you. Don't forget to leave us your details because... If we don't have your details, we can't, we can't send you the book. Mm, and also keep sending me any tips on how to become a morning person because I am going to be testing them out. I had a couple already. Someone said, don't overthink it. Just get out of bed. I, I don't know how to not overthink it. Like, I'm a woman. I don't have a nothing box. I literally <laughs> have to think about nothing to think about nothing. So, go. But I'm going to be trying that. going to be trying the not thinking technique. Well, we've got more great programming coming up right after this. Don't be going anywhere. We always enjoy your company here on The Breakfast Show. We love you guys. Have a... Have an amazing day. In fact, you know, so we seem to be getting extra time here as it goes. I just keep seeing the clock count down. It just keeps going over and over and over again. So maybe we'll just keep going with the breakfast show. What do you reckon? Breakfast show, lunch. <laughs> lunch show, dinner show, okay, we're, snack show. We're being told that we need to end it off at this. Oh, the clock's going down. It's working this time. We've had some fun with our technology this morning. This is Henry Higgins. I need the every hour. Thank you.